The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bunker Mania, Bunkazilla UK's official wrestling discussion podcast. This is a bonus episode. We originally said we weren't going to be back for another week or so, but things have happened since our last live broadcast. If you caught that, if you haven't, you can actually catch the archive of that right now, depending on what platform of choice you are listening on, be it on the likes of Spotify, Apple, you name it, we're likely on there. If you are a first-time listener, I am Jeremy Graves. Thank you very much for checking us out today. And my cohort in crime, my tag team partner, if you will, the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton, is also with me. Good sir, how are you? Please tell me, unlike most people in wrestling, apparently, you are not injured. I am definitely not injured. I'm a little bit warm because I've been in an office space at home all day today doing important business stuff, but I have a little fan going on in the background, so I'm feeling a bit cool and I've got shorts on. So I would say I am, I am fine, I am slightly warm, but I am definitely not injured. There you go. Quick bit of housekeeping before we go any further, everybody. If you would like to find out more about Bunkerzilla UK, make sure you check us out on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Simply search for the usernames Bunkerzilla UK on Twitter and Twitch. And if you go on YouTube and search for Bunkerzilla UK, you should find our YouTube channel, which includes video version archives of our main discussion shows that we do on there as well. Good sir, the reason we are here for a little bit of a bonus, short bonus episode, if you will, today, yeah, is because since our last show, that being Wednesday last week, at the time we are recording this on the 8th of June, mm-hmm. a lot's happened. We've had the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, we had Dynamite, and then subsequently Rampage, and um, yeah, it's been a bit newsworthy, hasn't it? I mean, we were coming out of the whole MJF side of things of uh, AEW. So we were we were all kind of recovering from that sort of that sort of story and 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 drama going on the work the shoot the shoot the work whatever it is still don't know it's going all over the place and it's kind of like a weird fascinating thing to watch but also it's kind of like a I don't know what to think anymore on that side of things but no it's no we've we've gone from work shoot shoot work work shoot shoot work drama and all that sort of stuff over to unfortunate injuries that have happened to some of the big stars over over the space of a few days on both big brands both WWE and AEW which is which is just staggering to see happen in short order but it's just it's like it the the injury list, as I think we'll we'll talk about a little bit on for for mo- for both promotions, is kind of growing. It's pretty insane. I mean, a little bit of a context before I say what I'm going to say. In terms of football, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm almost comparing this to the traditional annual Arsenal injury crisis that we inevitably get at some point during the season, when some of our big players will inevitably be out during key points. This feels like that, but just for like mm. the big two to put AEW and WWE into the same context for a moment, at the same time, it is pretty mental. I will say, you mentioned MJF in passing there. We're not going to be talking about that today, primarily because, like I said, we're recording this on Wednesday the 8th of June. Dynamite has not happened yet. We don't know if there's going to be any follow-up on Dynamite. So, quite frankly, waiting until next week when we're back live on Wednesday night, that's probably the best time to look at what has happened since then, because there may be a bit more news for all we know. There may yeah. be a follow-up of some kind. But let's get on to the two big stories. I'll let you pick first of all. Would you like to begin with WWE or AEW when it comes to what I'm going to unaffectionately refer to as Injury Gate? I think in light of... Let's do it Let's do it in sort of chronological order. So we'll start with AEW. Okay, Coke. So we came out of Double or Nothing with the with the Dynamite show that was at the big LA Colos- uh, Coliseum. That's the old WrestleMania venue never got used. The LA Forum, excuse me. And mm. it began with a six-man tag match that saw CM Punk and FTR teaming up. Now, it, it, there's a lot of debate going around as to when the injury that has occurred to CM Punk actually happened. For argument's sake, it's either when he decided to do a stage dive during his entrance or it's literally when he went when he tried to do the hot tag 
He jumped onto the rope to do a springboard. He slipped, came down hard on his foot. It's one or the other. That's the Mm. most likely scenario. He was kind of hobbling around and you kind of thought, okay, you know, clearly something's up. But then Friday afternoon... Now, admittedly, I've been off Twitter all day Friday, so I did not know this until I saw Rampage the next morning when I was literally watching it unfold before my eyes and it being mentioned on commentary. But Punk came out and he was noticeably limping. And to cut a long story short, he is he, something is broken involved in his leg. No one knows exactly what. It was implied one of his wheels is busted. That's how you kind of figure that out. And now he's having to get surgery just after he has won the championship and he is out of action. So yeah. what would normally happen in the world of wrestling that we are so used to at this point? It There's kind of that old unwritten rule in many ways of if you can't defend the championship in 30 days, you relinquish it. In the world of Japanese wrestling, to give a different bit of context, if an event is has been announced and like it's been agreed in the contract for the event, there will be a title match for that championship. The belt is just vacated and, and there's a new title match made. In this instance, based on what Punk was saying, Tony Khan said, this is just a bump in the road. This isn't a reset. So Punk is still champion. And whenever he is back, he will defend the championship. And then, so, to add some more context to how this is now going to unfold further. By by all accounts, it sounds like Rampage was a bit of a last-minute show in terms of how some of this stuff unfolded and and the severity of things. So during the main event match, which was for the TNT title, which coincidentally, Scorpio Sky got injured in. That's really helpful. He's the champion. That's a discussion point for another day, but it really sucks to hear that. They tried to announce that on Dynamite tonight, on the day we're recording this bonus show, there is going to be a battle royal to start the episode where the winner of that will then go to the main event of that same Dynamite show to face the number one contender, John Moxley. Which then kind of implies that the first person who was going to be challenging after uh, Forbidden Door, excuse me, was going to be John Moxley. Kind of makes sense. In some ways, doesn't, depending on how you look at it. Mm. But that's not up for discussion right now, as it were. So they tried to announce this, but it was being done in such a haphazard and sort of, by all accounts... Very convoluted. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Excalibur tried to announce it, but it was just as the action was picking up in the match between Sky and Dante Martin. And then I think Taz and Jericho just cut him off. And then randomly, when the action spilled to the outside and there was a lull, Jericho just went, right, so what's happening with the world title, Excalibur? <laughs> it's just like, what? Are you kidding me? Also, not further help Chris Jericho earlier in the show during Punk's promo, when despite... Me being really confused already as to if Punk has relinquished the belt or not. I, I genuinely couldn't figure it out based on his promo. It may have just been because I was in shock. Jericho then going, he's relinquished the belt. And then then having to be like a retraction of that in the next segment. It's like, what is going on? But what this is going to lead to now is the winner of John Moxley versus Battle Royal winner on Dynamite tonight will advance to the main event of Forbidden Door. Because at the New Japan Dominion show, there is now going to effectively be the other half of the number one contenders match, which will be Hiroshi Tanahashi, the opponent originally announced for CM Punk on Dynamite last week. And he was there in the building, which I was very excited about. He is going to be facing Hiroki Goto. Now, I'm not sure if you're overly familiar with either individually, Ian, but for quick context, Hiroshi Tanahashi is basically one of the faces of New Japan. He's one of their top dogs. His his sort of nickname, if you will, is the ace of New Japan. He's a phenomenal wrestler. Hiroki Goto is someone who has kind of always been like in that mid to upper mid-card area, but has never been able to win that big one. He's never been able to win the champion, like the the main heavyweight championship. He's held other championships. For me, in the nicest way to put it, I'm sort of past caring about Hiroki Goto. I know he'll put on a good match. But whenever he's in like a heavyweight title match picture, I never I never put a bet on him now, basically. So the general consensus is, unless something big is going to happen and they really want to swerve everyone, everyone already knows Tanahashi's going to win and this is just a formality. Mm-hmm. So by all accounts, we're now going to be getting Tanahashi slash Goto versus Moxley slash Battle Royal winner. I have talked for far too long now, nearly 10 minutes apparently. So now I will give you a chance to give your feelings on this. How are you feeling uh, about this overall? I mean, it, it sucks to see CM Punk 
having to take some time off after for for at least a good, I think we're coming up to nearly a full year. Maybe, nearly, yeah. Maybe ju- just short of a year of Punk actually returning to wrestling. Um, yeah, it's like it was a nice sort of, the, the sort of nice story arc was going well for 12 months and then this has happened. Um, in terms of in terms of the interim side of things, I mean, it's like, I think I'm more, I, I think that, that's I actually think the key I'm, detail I forgot, so I'll let you explain yeah. that actually. Yeah, so basically whoever wins at Forbidden Door they're going to be the interim champion. And then when CM Punk comes back, we're going to have another bat- match to decide the undisputed champion. It's the whole thing like uh, like Cody and Sammy Guevara at the start of the year and all and all that and all that chicanery and all that sort of stuff. Um, which I, I get it from AEW's point of view. You want to have, you definitely, oh, for any wrestling promotion, you need a fighting champion and you need a healthy champion. And that totally makes sense. I'm a, it's like I'm. I don't know. It's like I'm not being kind of like the biggest fan of interim belts, in a way, because I just kind of want a sort of thing of, and that's probably from my my experience of WWE products. Of obviously, if someone gets seriously injured, and we've seen it before with Finn Balor winning the Universal Championship for the fir- the very first Universal Championship winner, and then next day, oh yeah, I kind of damaged my shoulder. Got to relinquish the belt. Uh, when Roman went off for uh, leukemia again, relinquished the belt and all that, all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of like, I guess I'm kind of used to the sense of someone has. It's basically if you're injured, and you can't defend it. Someone else should be taking the belt and just running with it for the time being. But I can get. But again, I, I guess the interim side of things is basically we're not. It's not a way to say where we are throwing all of. We're throwing all of the 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 investment that we've made in this person away. We're just going to say okay. We'll put you on hold because we know it's not. We know you'll be back in a couple of months. It's not like you're going to be out for a year. I think if Punk was going to be out for a year, the belt would have been relinquished. I think that's probably. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a lot more more sense there. I suppose. But, the interesting yeah. part about the interim title, just to quickly get this in before I forget. Yeah, sure. Is that the thing that kind of, in a way, makes this feel potentially far different? is that the whole Cody and Sammy thing already was a really unique situation. And it was like, oh, okay, how is this going to be handled? And effectively it was resolved within two weeks, Mm. which kind of then made you think of, well, why did you do it then? Which kind of makes me think that thing about Japanese wrestling that I mentioned, where if there's a title match that's been announced, you need to have one. Mm. That's probably the mentality that's kind of on that thinking. But potentially with this... Because this feels like it's going to be at least a couple of months, at the very least a few months, there is potential to build something with what an interim championship could actually mean. That, in the very least, at this point, is far more intriguing. Yeah, I think at Forbidden Door, I think whoever is representing AEW is going to be winning the belt. Because it's like, as much as as much as I can imagine people seeing Tanahashi having the belt and having a nice little cameo run. I think it depends on on the contract logistics that they've got with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And if New Japan Pro Wrestling, I think they're about to go off. We're, we're reaching the, the G1 Climax season, aren't we? That's I usually think. summertime, yeah. Well, summertime yeah. slash late in sort of, uh, oh, what's it called? Autumn. Around, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might be yeah. wrong on my timings there, but I remember it being, I think it was because I watched the one when John Moxley appeared in the first time. Yeah, usually it's, it's been summer, but the cu- past couple of years, it's had to have sort of changed its. Um, and it's, in fact, it's beginning uh, beginning of July and running through mid August. Having just done a quick search for it online, so Forbidden Door at the end of June. Yeah, as much as I, as much as I can imagine, a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling fans saying, "I oh, wouldn't it be cool if Tanahashi had the AEW Championship." I don't. I don't see. I don't see him having the belt and then being able to do both both brands. It, it, that's just, that's just that's just me thinking mm. in a logistics sort of sense. Uh, uh, first um, of all, I agree. Just to get that in quickly, I agree. Mm. The question is, who is it going to be from AEW? Who's at Forbidden Door? I mean, I I mean, Moxie's a good choice, but I feel Moxie's still involved in the whole Jericho Appreciation Society Eddie Kingston storyline, so mm-hmm. it feels a little bit left field to kind of yank John Moxley out and throw him into being an interim AEW champion. I mean, it would be obviously popular with fans. And I would love to see John Moxley as AEW champion again. It's always fun to see John Moxley as a champion. But the question is, it's like there are there are some potential kind of wild cards, I think, in AEW right now that could, based on how crowd received them, based on where where they are in a story storyline narrative sense, that could pick the belt. And 
I know we said we weren't going to talk about it, but I think one of those might be MGF. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I agree on that completely. So oh, I've got so many thoughts I want to try and convey, but I appreciate I want to try and keep this fairly short. Yeah. So, okay. So when it comes to the idea of Tanahashi being champion, there are two schools of thought I have on this. One, for the lineage, quote unquote, of the AEW title, it would be really cool to have a Japanese wrestler having come in, won the belt, and really make it feel like a world travel championship. Yeah. But... He's an interim champion. Mm. And a cursory glance at, I want to say it was AEW's website, because I, I randomly looked it up. They they haven't acknowledged an interim championship reign on their title Ooh. history. Okay. So at that point then, does it actually count? This is kind of where it muddies the water a bit more now, which is a very interesting foible, for want of a better word, that yeah. comes into play on this. The other thing that makes this intriguing as well is there are loads of other people like, honestly, if I if if you'd have told me Punk can't wrestle, who goes in? My first reaction is Brian Danielson. That's literally mm. the first person. But he's out injured now for a couple of weeks. Mm. And that's potentially likely following on from the anarchy in the arena match at Double or Nothing. So by all accounts, he's out of action and won't be able to participate in this. We don't know for sure, but that's seemingly what reports have, have suggested on this. And again, from a storyline perspective, he's involved in the Jericho Appreciation Society and Kingston situation. Mm. I think unless there unless there is a clean break which they can enact maybe tonight on Dynamite and so forth, then yeah, Moxie or Danielson, fine, go for it. Um, but I but yeah, it's like I think because they're so entrenched in the storyline, I find it very. It's like. I think for AEW fans, especially when they've they've been quite used to how the storytelling has been done in AEW, I think they might find it very jarring if they just go, oh yeah, well, we're just going to take them out of this feud right now and just ask them to look after the belt. I mean, WWE are guilty of this as well, as we will discuss a little bit (laughs) in a sec. But Mm. um, So yeah, part of me feels MGF seems to be the right choice. I mean, in terms of the reactions he's getting right now because of the work, shoot, shoot, work, work, shoot, work, whatever it is, it's for business. It's a no-brainer, but again, it's kind of like what, where are we going with that? I mean, capitalize on the popularity of Wardlow. Give Wardlow an interim run, just to I'm, sort of. Mm. But again, I know it's like it's too. It might be too early for Wardlow. I mean, it, it, it's not even that for me. I think Wardlow's star has already fallen a bit, and that's just mm. based on that dynamite. It's not that he wasn't. What's the way to phrase this? Because I still really oh, yeah, like he's got, Mark, he's got Mark Sterling. Doing he's got this legal whole Mark action. Sterling lawsuit thing, and it was kind of like mm. I can. The, the, so this is the oh, again. I know we want to try, try to keep this short. It's probably going to happen now, but there's this part of me that's like, there are a lot of directions you could easily have gone with on Wardlow, and weird as it sounds, tying up the, the loose end with Mark Sterling and like he beat up so many people, annoyingly. It does kind of make sense. It's just what nobody wants to see. No. <laughs> Literally nobody wants to see. No. <laughs> so a quick note as well, because I've just got on Tony Khan's Twitter, because I remember he posted something about this. Um, so in response to people saying, why is Moxley number one contender? He put on Twitter that John Moxley is, quote, the only AEW wrestler with seven plus, with a seven plus 2022 singles bout undefeated record on television. That being Dynamite, Rampage, and Battle of the Belts, plus pay-per-views, Revolution, and Double or Nothing. All right. Whereas then he also then mentions um, 7-0 Moxley plus Anthony Agogo, only undefeated 7-0 records in AEW in 2022. Moxley ranked higher based on the quality of opponents. Ooh. So I guess we now actually have a question. We're adding a fancy layer. <laughs> We're getting into like video game ranking territory now on this. <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, it kind of makes sense because when we looked at the rankings last time, Wardlow was number one. That was mostly because most of those were crazy squash matches that happened less than a minute. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, the quality of the opponent, well, that, that's an indictment of them sort of testing Wardlow's strength. They're putting them up against shit opponents. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> so, so by that, that, yeah, it's just, that's the only way the logic works. Like, yeah, Moxie's opponents have been really top quality. All those opponents, yeah, they've been shit. <laughs> mm. You see, someone else you could potentially have involved in that picture would be Adam Cole, but he's apparently out injured now for a little bit mm. as well. 
there's I'm not going to run down the entire injury list. I mean, obviously, Kenny Omega is still MIA injured based on his year-long run as champion. So one would assume he is not ready to come back yet and probably wouldn't want to come back this soon at this short mm. notice if he's not been fully ready. I'm kind of thinking, mm-hmm. let's, go, let's go crazy left field here. Okay. Well, it's not really left field. It's like, it's something I think a lot of people would like to see just because it seems destined in the stars eventually. Billy Gunn. Nero. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> you see, Miro is a really interesting choice, but the fact he now seemingly wants to evict God from heaven, I think maybe leave that one for a while. But he just he just needs to get a belt, and then he can climb the ladder up to heaven, tell God about the belt. God goes, all right, you're the redeemer now again. Yes. Hmm. And then CJ Perry turns up, and it's like, I have been reunited with the sexy wife. <laughs> so I'm going to throw out a name here, which I think from an intrigue factor could be fascinating to see what happens. Hypothetically, be it Tanahashi or Goto that he faces. Mm. What if it was Darby Allen that challenged? Arguably, it's a lot, it's far sooner than you might think to give him the title. But in terms of an intriguing main event, if it was Darby Allen v. Tanahashi, there's an element of how the hell is that gonna work? But at the same time, Darby's really popular. Mm. And in terms of having someone of like the popularity scale, from a rankings perspective, it may not work as well when you look at it on the surface. But it wouldn't surprise me if at the very least we get Darby v. Moxley in that Dynamite main event. That could work. It could, but then you could possibly say the same about Sammy, despite the fact that people have had enough of Sammy in the TNT. But he's, he can't go for the TNT championship anymore. For now. True. So, but, 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 now, but you know, now, now he's engaged to be married and all that. So, you know. So build the heel heel up, make him interim champion, and then CM Punk comes back and wins. So <laughs> this is another interesting thing now to sort of add into this, and we'll probably make this one of the final points about yeah. this. Is whoever ultimately becomes the interim champion, I think there is a potential here to really build up the concept of who will be the first person to challenge CM Punk as champion. Mm. And I think a way to perhaps make this interim title mean something far more than just being an interim title is it's literally the key to challenging CM Punk and being his first challenger. Mm. So you could have the storyline be who is going to have who is going to have the right to face Punk first for the title. In essence, I mean it's an old thing from early days of Ring of Honor, but there used to be a thing called the number 1 contenders trophy. Okay. So it's the idea that you would fight to be the number one contender. You still have the rankings, but ultimately, if you've got the interim title, that is your gateway, literally your key to getting the match with Punk. I think that could be a very interesting way of at least making the title mean something more, because you're literally fighting for the right to be the first Punk, uh, the first challenger for Punk. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I mean, it's like mm. I think until until we know who's representing AEW, then we can get a little bit more. I mean, a little bit more of an idea of how things are going to go. Because I, the idea of it being the key to facing Punk is good. So you, I mean, you could have a couple of random couple of week interim reigns as a champion for someone. So it could be like a scramble, not a literal championship scramble match. Those are silly, but <laughs> but um. But no, maybe someone's interim champion for two weeks and then suddenly, shockingly, they lose it to someone else who's going, ah, now I'm interim, so I will become the one true AEW champion when CM Punk returns. And then you've got a nice sort of, you've got, you can you can escalate that a couple of ways. I think people will be annoyed of the hot potato of the title, but considering the amount of time we wait for the championships to change in AEW, I think it would add a little bit more of a, it was like mystery in the sort of mm. championship sort of thing. So, ironically, random bit of breaking news here. First of all, at the time we're recording this, literally 10 minutes ago, AEW just announced there's more tickets for Forbidden Door available now to buy on Ticketmaster. So, so there you go. I guess they've figured out their production line. Also, just announced for Dynamite is Buddy Matthews v. Pack, which, one, is going to be awesome. Mm. But does that now mean they're both not in this battle royal? Yeah. Because Adam Page has got a match against um, Dave Finley tonight as well. 
yeah, um, yeah, David Finley, yeah, Fit Finley's son. I don't know why. I suddenly thought it's not Fit Finley, and it's like, no, it's not Fit Finley. It's Dave Finley, his son. So that, that should be a good match. Like Fit Finley's junior. Dave junior. Finley's. <laughs> have you seen Dave Finley before? He's really good. I haven't, but I'll probably see him tonight. On it's Dynamite. really worth it. So and it, and the Battle Royale's the first match, apparently. Apparently, so... it's the opening match of the show, and it's not a casino battle royal either. So apparently, it's going to be everyone starting at the same time. So. No, no, knowing knowing our luck, it'll be a free agent that just randomly turns up and goes, "I'm gonna win it." All right then. I don't know. He'll probably end up being carrying cross just for just for shits and giggles. Hasn't he just signed with someone else, or did I dream that up out of nowhere? I think he he's doing some stuff with Control Your Narrative and maybe an MLW. I don't know. Oh, control your nuts. Let's not talk about that. No, no. Anyway, we we will see, and we will discuss. We'll discuss the whole AEW. New Japan for a wrestling uh, situation as we do our next show, when we do the next live video show next week on the 15th. Indeed. So we go from a busted wheel to a busted pack. So. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. <laughs> I know, right. So how do I quickly sum this up as to what the hell happened in case you no, have no, somehow I, I, lived under a rock? May, maybe, we, maybe we can do it through the power of song. Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes. Damaged his. Oh no, pack. how about this? Cody Rhodes, <laughs> Cody Rhodes tore his pack. Ow, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> no, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes tore his pack right off the bone. He there you is go. in there so much pain. Ah! <laughs> so yeah, if you somehow. <laughs> I, can't, you know, I can't beat that. It's really good. So. If you somehow lived under a rock and don't know about this, first of all, fair play to you. That's almost like Jeremy territory of like staying under a rock here. Mm. So late last week, there was some word going around on the interwebs that Cody had suffered some kind of injury. Fast forward to Sunday night when it's the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. And during the pre-show, I didn't watch the pre-show because who watches WWE pre-shows anymore. There's no matches on the pre-shows now. There you go. So, but they seemingly tried to tease that Rollins had attacked Cody and had injured him, which was then seemingly then backtracked or re-retconned in their own same pre-show to then be an official announcement that Cody had suffered like a small peck injury during the, the, the pull-apart brawl on Raw but then while training for the match during the week had then tore his peck completely off the bone. First of all, ow. Ow. So of course, the first thing you immediately thought that most people who care about humans in this world think of is, well, he ain't wrestling, is he? No, everybody. That's not how this works now. The way this works, apparently, is Cody goes, I'm wrestling. And that's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) And I've I've seen many arguments about how this got allowed to happen. I think you're about to mention it as well, so I'll let you take the floor. Yeah, basically, an explanation that was given, and I I don't know if this was done by Cody after the show or something like that, it's basically, apparently, according to the doctors, there's not much any further damage that could be done to the muscle. So it's kind of like, if he goes out and wrestles, fine. Despite the fact, not being able to lift your right arm for a lot of stuff, might make it a bit dangerous for other wrestlers or yourself if you're trying to do a different move. Yeah, you you might comp- try to compensate in a yeah. way so it doesn't hurt as much. But it it is first of all the main event that we ultimately got between Cody and Seth was freaking insanely good. It was such yeah. a good match, partly because you're like, the hell is going to happen here? Why are you doing this, Cody? But one of the most fascinating parts of this match aside from the fact that there was a cowbell involved is oh, that yes. <laughs> right is that Cody like Seth comes out he's got the polka dots on like Dusty Rhodes it's a real good troll thing from Seth Cody comes out and you can tell he really can't move his right arm much yeah. and then he takes the jacket off and you can see there's a little bit of bruising as he's starting to take it off he just keeps taking the jacket off and the bruise just keeps appearing and you see this ugly bruise on his arm of what has happened. And you could tell clearly this was being shown on a big screen in the arena because the entire arena basically went <gasps> and was silent for about five minutes. Mm. It was almost like they were wrestling in the Thunderdome. It was that quiet. <laughs> 
I think I think some understandably someone says, should I be cheering this? I'm not sure. Literally, literally, how it's it was like full props to Cody for going ahead and doing this, and also full props as well mm. to Seth and to, to Seth as well in this instance, and Cody for managing to be that captivating and deliver such an, an excellent match under mm. those circumstances. And you know, obviously, massive props to Seth as well for clearly being very aware of what the hell was going on and having to yeah. work around that as well. I, I think, I think it, the fact is, and, and and some people who've watched it and, and talked about it on their own YouTubes and stuff like that have sort of said the actual injury element to it, what strangely added more drama and engagement to match. And they are cut and they are right. It was just like, it was more, yeah. how can he keep going through the, the injury and stuff like that? Mm. And, and to be on, and to be fair as well, the match itself was kind of built around trying not to really do anything stupid. I mean, no, we didn't go outside the cage. We didn't go cage climbing and stuff like that. It was like there was about two table spots, weaponry, cowbell, more weaponry, a pedigree, a sledgehammer. <laughs> do you know what? This was what was fascinating about the match as well is there were so many little references that they added into the match. Like, let's be fair. Cody hit a pedigree on Seth, which no one is really talking about because it's basically an afterthought now. But when yeah. you think about the whole sledgehammer stuff as well, and it linking back to Cody hitting that throne that was blatantly a shot at Triple H at one of the early AEW pay-per-views. Like, there's so much little minutiae detail thrown in it. And mm. the pedigree as well being like a, a finisher of Seth, but ultimately, you know, the shot at Triple H type thing. It's so many little details. The freaking cowbell getting involved. And also somehow... Seth getting a massive gash on his arm from that as well, which was pretty mental. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I was thinking, how on earth did he got injured by it? He got injured by something. Yeah, I did wonder if it was a rope burn potentially, but who mm. knows? But it was, like you said, the amount of drama that got injected into this match, quite simply. This is, I was talking to a mate of mine the other day about this, and I said, what this is, in a weird sort of way, is because when you think about it from this perspective, Cody debuts at WrestleMania, wins the first match, gets yeah. a rematch, wins the second match, gets a third match, wins the third match. The last time we saw something in in theory that absurd was when it was John Cena and Bray Wyatt, when Bray Wyatt was the hottest thing going and they just beat Bray Wyatt like for three matches. But it was a singles match, some kind of no-holds-barred match, then a cage match in that order. Or he won ludicrous. the cage match. Bray won the cage match. Did he? Oh, I don't remember at this point. With a so little bad. child going, he's got the whole world in his hands, and John Cena was so go. spooked, he went, I can't unsee this. And <laughs> kind of fell over. And because um, of that yeah. feud, you're like, this has surely happened in reverse. That's not the order you do this. Yeah. And logic would dictate, if Cody's going away for potentially up to six months now, should Seth have won? Especially as the next night on Raw, they've seemingly set up a return fight for whenever Cody is back. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, the the setting up of a fourth match is probably not great, but I think I think a few people have already kind of mused on this. Is basically Seth wins up money in the bank. Seth will end up becoming a champion, and it will be Seth versus Cody at WrestleMania for WrestleMania, which will not. I mean, to let's 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 put our hands up and be fair about this. The the three matches they have put on have been excellent in They've their been great. own right. They've they've all had a unique difference to them. Obviously, WrestleMania, it's the big re-debut and, of, and and all that sort of stuff. With Backlash, it was the whole story of, ah, Seth Rollins is ready for you now. He knows what you're going to be doing and it's all the one-upmanship. And then we have Helen Cell, which has the added drama of obviously the injury, but also a real blow-off to the feud. So, if and ironically, it's, it's literal utter hell for Cody to go through. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I, I would not be too opposed of a fourth match, but... I mean, unless there is unless there is another potential champion that he could be facing when he returns would be good. I mean, the the, the logic or the the logical booking in me, which means WWE have not thought of them about this at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Cody will come back at Royal Rumble. He'll probably win the Rumble, um, and then yeah, that and then he'll challenge he... at Crown Jewel. <laughs> no, I don't know. no, no, I think it'll be it'll be Mania. Because then you, again, you got a nice sort of round story. Something. Yeah, from the rounds, from the from the coming full circle point of view, one hundred percent agree. There is a there mm. is a really smart element to that. The other thing as well is like on Hell in a Cell. I mean, so sorry, forgot a key sentence there. 
where do they go from here? Like you've been saying, the logical potential option at this point now is Seth is the one that takes it forward. But also, Bobby Lashley, after his match with MVP and Omos, started celebrating with a replica belt at ringside. And was the crowd were really into him. And when I see something like that, the cynical mm. part of me is, you're clearly the next challenger. And then the answer is, no, you're not, because the next night on Raw, Riddle challenges Roman after seemingly... I'm not. Let's not even talk. Are we going to talk about this segment involving no, no, Riddle, no, no, Maurice, no, no. and Miz? I was going to tell you that he's not the only one to sort of go. I want to challenge Roman Reigns because on SmackDown, on the SmackDown before Hell in a Cell, Drew McIntyre went, "I'm just going to cast my shot. I want Clash at the Clash at the Castle, please." <laughs> Can I ask a dumb question? What shot? Uh, I don't know. He just like Drew was just going. I just want a shot of at the champion. Fair oh, so, so it's not like he had like you know he had like. You know, the, the, the trap card from Yu-Gi-Oh ready or something. It's he like, just went, ha I play my card. I'm yeah, going to challenge you a clash, <laughs> clash at the castle. I was about to say Clash of Champions, a Clash at the Castle. Clash at the I Champions mean, at the Castle. I mean, to be honest, you've, you've got three interesting, different opponents. I know we've had McIntyre versus Reigns before, mm-hmm. but when they first came together in Survivor Series during Fundam, that was a really good match. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's money in that. There really is. And I think you... you I think... Lashley versus Reigns will be fun to watch as well. I think that way. Riddle versus Reigns will be fun to watch as well. I mean, the fact is Riddle, Riddle is getting over as well. So it's mm-hmm. like the 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 nice thing that we're seeing is that are some newer stars to come in a little bit. Obviously, Bobby's had the belt before, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen Bobby versus Reigns before. So we probably have. We probably have during the early days, but not in these guises, not in these character moments. I was about to say, did we not see it at Rumble? And I suddenly thought, no, he got involved in the match yeah. against Lesnar at Rumble. So Yes, he did. Uh, yes. Another person, I mean, you mentioned, well, we both mentioned Riddle there. Obviously, mm. recency bias, you think Riddle, you can't think Riddle without Orton. Yeah. And Orton at the <laughs> moment is MIA. Some places are saying he might be injured. Don't know if that's factual or not, it, but Orton v. Reigns. some dates. Orton v. Reigns could be a huge match. It wouldn't surprise me if that ends up being the SummerSlam match. It could be the SummerSlam match. I think the original kind of proposed idea from what I was hearing was it would be uh, Riddle and Riddle and Reigns at Money in the Bank, Orton mm-hmm. and Reigns at SummerSlam, McIntyre Clash of Champions, and a castle. possible poss- a castle Clash of Champions <laughs> and the castle. Just call it and Clash. A, just call it the Clash. Let's call it the Wales Show. The Show in Wales. There we go. <laughs> This 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 Saturday in Wales, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this Saturday in Wales. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're going down the pub or something. I love, I love, I love the. It's like ah, oh, I'm Vince McMahon. This pay per view is gonna be called Premium Live Event. Sorry, it's gonna be called this Saturday in Wales. Genuine question, just to derail this conversation. Do you <laughs> think Vince McMahon has actually genuinely ever been to Wales? Do you think he knows? He actually, do, you, do you think he even knows it exists? Probably not. He's probably heard about it from Triple H because of NXT Cardiff was was there. Now I was at that show at the uh, in Cardiff. It was a really good mm. show. Um, Vince yeah, probably thinks know. Cardiff is a suburb of London. Ah, oh, it's London. No, no, Vince. It's many miles due west. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> um, so yeah. So there, there. I mean, I, there is a potential sort of idea there that Drew may be the one to take a belt or two off mm. Roman. I don't know. It's like it's kind of like it was pondered, but then a lot of people kind of going, well, if, if Mania's two nights, you can have a match of the Rock one night and then have a match of Cody the next night or something like that and lose the belts. That I've Again, it's like Cody seems like Cody seemed like the real legitimate person that was probably going to the throne reigns. Mm-hmm. It's just the question of when or how and all that sort of stuff. Quick question, because I just I've genuinely drawn a blank on it. Has Roman actually defended the undisputed title yet, or whatever the heck they're calling it? No. Okay. <laughs> no, because it, it just suddenly dawned on me. Has he defended that th- those belts yet to- nope. together? No. Nope. So we don't actually know how he will be defending that combined championship yet. One assumes both of them. Well, they've been doing. They've been. They had at least one uh, undisputed tag team match on SmackDown last week and they were defending both belts. So Okay, so that might set the precedent then. Okay. And unless cool. someone wins money in the bank and says, I don't want I don't want both. I just want that one. What? <laughs> Universal? No, that one. Or the WWE one. Yeah. All right. Fine. I mean what color are the belts now? Is it just red and blue? 
Yeah, the red, blue for the tag team belts, and we still got blue and black for Universal and WWE title. I can imagine if, if Drew can only choose one, he'll go, I'm choosing the blue one because it, it's the one I haven't held. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll say, because it's the one closest to the colours of the Scottish flag. Yes, that might be a reason. Could but be. then you could choose it, it the red be. one because there's a red dragon on the Welsh flag, you know? Well, it depends if Drew goes off to Raw because there'll probably, there'll probably be another draft later on this year. I know oh we haven't had a draft God. this year, but, but... Is there anyone else just like... I'm just trying to think. I mean, see, another... I, this is thinking very long-term here, but, like, Gunther Walter is challenging for the IC belt on SmackDown this week against Ricochet, which I'm actually going to try and go out of my way to see because I'm really excited about that match. Oh, he's totally winning that belt. He I can't going, wait for He is either. going to kill Ricochet and he's taking yeah. the belt. So one could assume that... Further down the line, at some point, Walter... Well, you say assume. It's likely Walter long-term is going to be one of the top guys there. Mm. You can just feel it, especially if he's already, after debuting on the main roster, getting an IC title shot. And, yeah, by, been, by, yeah. and by all the... It's only been a few months, I think, if memory serves. About two months, yeah. Yeah. So long-term, that's potentially another challenger, assuming Drew is the one to dethrone Reigns. Mm. Like, there's a... Especially after... I don't know if you remember, when... um. And I'll keep this short because I know we want to wrap up in a minute. Yeah. But when um, when Walter, at the time Walter, and uh, Ilya Dragunov had that insanely stiff match in NXT UK before no people. Have you seen oh, that match? Oh, oh, don't forget um, don't forget the, the rematch at Stand and Deliver. True, but have you seen the first one though? Like oh, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, but did you ever see, I think it was on WWE's YouTube, there was like a reaction video. With oh, like yeah, various well, superstars watching it, and it is like Drew and Sheamus just bursting out laughing at how stiff it was. You know for a fact that Drew wants to wrestle Walter badly. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Gunther Walter, as I'm calling him. Mm. But um, but yeah. So yeah. there's there is a lot of unknowns right now with both of the big two American promotions. Yeah, and it's going to be fascinating I, to see what they do. Just to, just to round up round up on on WWE, I guess it's like. I think most of the summer plan. I think a lot of the creative plans moving forward were focused on Cody because of obviously how a crowd reacting to him, how the merch is selling, all that sort of stuff. And let's be, it's like it's been it's been three months or nearly it's been nearly three months. They they have booked him fairly well with the odd glitch in a Miz match mm. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Other than that, he's been booked very very well. So it's like. You kind of sense that WWE had really big plans for Cody, and mm. I think, I don't think he was more likely to win Money in the Bank if he was still healthy. Despite the fact on the promo, he Roy was going, "I still want to compete in Money in the Bank." It's like, you are not, unless you're doing the Brock Lesnar re return at the end, going, oh, "I'm just going to climb up the ladder, yoink, and skip off." Mm. I mean, that might be another way to kind of, oh, well, that might be a way to kind of pay off the Seth thing without having to do another match. Potentially. Quite possibly. Seth, Seth almost has the better. Seth almost has the briefcase. Then adrenaline. It's not Cody Rose just scampers out. He's got Pharaoh. He's got Pharaoh in his arms as well, carrying the dog. Come on, boy. Let's go and get the belt. Sets Pharaoh, sets Pharaoh up the ladder to bite Rollins. Rollins falls off. Cody just with his arm in a sling, just climbs up the ladder, grabs the briefcase, and goes, I'll see you guys at Mania. And just, <laughs> and just skips off. Don't so, put it, don't put it past WWE to do something like that. Obviously not with the dog, but <laughs> it's saying that actually, first of all, tangent, how long before we get a Pharaoh action figure? Just saying. Uh second of all. I've just gone on WWE's Twitter just to see if anything maybe had been announced in general. And the header image on WWE's Twitter is Cody holding the sledgehammer inside the cell with just the, the massive big purple bruise. <laughs> of which, actually, I think I saw a screenshot of it earlier. I think on his Instagram, he's been posting pictures of how of the how, bruises how has continued went, to develop. And it's now going yeah. like right down his right down his arm as well now. It's mm. mental. I think actually. On the day we're recording this, on Wednesday the 8th, I think he's actually due for surgery today, apparently. Mm. So one would assume we'll probably start hearing just how severe of a complete tear it was, as dumb of a sentence as that actually sounds yeah. to say out loud. Yeah. But, uh, but good, sir. I think it's time we, we wrap this up, though. But thank you very much to everybody listening. But uh, but but Ian, any, any additional thoughts or random musings you want to impart on everybody before we conclude this here bonus edition 
of Bunker Mania? Uh, I I would just say it's it's going to be fascinating to see how both uh well, how both promotions react. Um, I think we're seeing kind of like a, a kind of a sensible but somewhat sort of very calm from AEW, whereas WWE just kind of went, oh, shit, we've got no baby faces now. Quick, get Edge. <laughs> so, oh, oh, crap, oh, we've got God. no baby faces. Not that we've known that for literally months. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's like we've, we've invested all our time in these, these three or four, these three and four odd wrestlers and half of them are not here anymore. Or two of them, two of them don't want to be here because of the contract at the moment. And, and I'm talking about Reigns and Brock having going, well, we've got a nice contract now. It's like two, two are just kind of sitting at home because their contract says they don't have to do anything and, and others are injured. Yeah. Do you know what, actually? I've just thought about it. What if they randomly bump AJ Styles back up? Could work, but that would have worked if they, they, they could have, I mean, again, it's like, obviously they've had the, AJ and Edge have had the feud or been having the feud mm-hmm. between them. And again, if you were positioning Judgment Day to be a, a big stable having now got Finn Balor involved you kind of think well give them the gold give make them legitimate challenges for like the women's championship for Rhea and she's getting a, she's getting a shot of money in the bank make make Balor and Priest viable candidates to dethrone the Usos at some point mm. because the Usos will probably lose their belts first before Reigns just it, it, it just makes a bit more sense there or or maybe one of them goes after the United States championship Edge, Edge could win money in the bank and cash in and be evil heel daddy extraordinaire in his purple velour suit. But that's not he, happening right it, now. I was going to say, he's face now. So, But then again, knowing I, WWE, that, that might change next week. They might just retcon it. They've done it before. I bet, I bet what will happen is he'll have a brief moment of being a baby face. Then when all things get back on track, he'll return to Judgment Day He'll beat up Balor and go, no, I'm in charge of, of Judgment Day now. And they go, all right, we all friends now? Yes, let's go rule the world. And <laughs> friends, the purple light and the hugs. Friends, <laughs> friends, hugs, evil laugh, purple light, off we go. <laughs> Not Metalingus by Alter Bridge, the other side. No, the other, the other side side. The side. <laughs> Get the motorized chair out. <laughs> Actually, that's a thought. So is Judgment Day, this is a dumb thought to end with, is Judgment Day's theme song still the not metalingus song yes okay um well there you I go thank you everyone they, they, it's like they just it's like everybody just went quick 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 turn on edge we gotta make edge a baby face or something like that or maybe edge is taking some time off or maybe something else is happening i don't know but it just reeks of oh no we haven't got a baby face quick get edge it's, it's just, like it does just make me off it's like you've literally got aj styles you could just you could just literally yeah. People love KO. Make yep. him like a make get him back to like a bit of a badassery baby face like he was against Reigns in the Thunderdome era. There you go. Mm-hmm. Stars. Yeah, it's just oh, it's I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, we we will finish, but the last thing is I it's like I still I still think the most most insane but perfect sort of storyline for Reigns to lose the belt is he loses it to Sami Zayn. <laughs> Because it's like he, he gets betrayed by the bloodline, trying to be part of the bloodline. So he goes, no, I'm going to be the one to take down Reigns. And he becomes a plucky underdog. And people finally believe in Sami Zayn. They get him his old, they get him his old music back as well. All that, that sort of stuff. <gasps> That's it, isn't it? You've just done the theme music there briefly. John Cena. Lit- mate, literally, what? How? How else do you fill a pay per view match? Even though we saw the exact same C- match last C- summer. Senior, senior is going to pop along. He's going to have a little match with Austin Theory. He's not going to win the US title, and he's going to pop along back to whatever thing he was doing in Hollywood next. It's 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 not that's not a bad thing. It's just that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he randomly decides to challenge Roman again, and then Roman, on one of his rare contracted appearances, just goes. The hell are you talking about? I already beat you. He's and already... Cena can go. Ah, you beat me in a in a packed stadium, but not in an arena. No, he beat oh, no, him in an arena. He beat him in a stadium. No, no, no but wait. I'm tr- what's the line that WWE used to justify why they've moved money to bank out the stadium? They're moving it to the intimate confines of the arena in Las Vegas instead, the MGM Grand. 
intimate Fine. confines. It's 15,000 people. Got to have that intimate wrestling's feeling, Jeremy. You've got to be you've got to be feeling like you're climbing the ladder with whoever's climbing up the ladder to win money in the bank. An intimate wrestling show is one you watch in a local town hall. That's what it is. I the last one I went it was just before lockdown. It was um I can't remember the brand but they were in Wickham. It was fun. We went there for a birthday party and I met Simon Miller. Cool. And on that bombshell. Yeah, on, on that bombshell, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, why not tell a friend about the show? And as mentioned, we will be back this coming Wednesday, that being the 15th of June, if I've got the date right, yes. Mr. Nickerson. Good yep. thing. We'll be live on YouTube. If There'll be links on the Bunker Mania, uh, Bunkerzilla, excuse me, UK Twitter, providing you the direct link to that as needed. And as mentioned before, if you want to find our YouTube channel, simply search for Bunkerzilla UK on YouTube. You should find the channel just fine. If you subscribe and hit that notification bell, you will get the notification as to when we are going live on 8 p on 8 p.m. excuse me, on the 15th of June. Good sir, it's been lovely talking to you about this. And uh, come come the show next week, our live show, we should we should hope. Oh god, I hope we know more what's going on. We will hopefully know what the hell is actually going on with both promotions to a degree. Let's let's be honest, Jeremy. We're never gonna know what's going on with both promotions. It's gonna surprise us either way. It's going to go one way, it's going to go the other, and then we just realise that we've been working ourselves into a shoot. Or well, shooting ourselves into a work. Or or work, shooting, shooting, work, work, shoot, shoot. I don't know, I'm really tired, Jeremy, of all this work, shoot, shoot, work, shoot, work, shoot, 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 work. Speaking of work, shoot, apparently Tony Khan's just been on Bustle Open Radio on Sirius in the US and has declined to comment about MJF. <sighs> all right. <laughs> 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 like I said, I'm just exhausted with this bollocks now. <laughs> we will talk about this on Wednesday, good sir. But folks, thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a good rest of the week. And until Wednesday next week, from myself, Jeremy Graves, from him, the decadent Mr. Ian Bolton, we have been Bunker Mania, Bunkers of the UK's official wrestling discussion podcast. Until then, speak to you soon. Bye. Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Mm-hmm.